heard the call to build your small business? Make it happen with a .NET domain name, the place for dreamers for 30 years and counting. Visit keepdreamingup.net for tips and advice. Whether you're just getting started or looking to grow, that's keepdreamingup.net. That weekend did not go well at all for the Grizzlies. Two games, two losses, two different sort of losses as well. We'll talk about each of them. The struggle in Dallas and uh, just a second-half beatdown in Houston. We'll look at uh, some of the things that might be good in those games and uh, the things that certainly were not. And, by the way, the Grizzlies are playing what is technically an NBA team tonight against the Brooklyn Nets. We'll talk about that, too. You are Locked on Grizzlies. Locked on Grizzlies, your daily podcast on the Memphis Grizzlies. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, everybody. Welcome in Locked on Grizzlies for this Monday. My name is Peter Edmiston. I am happy to be with you. Been, of course, for many of you that have listened, you know know how to find my stuff. But if you don't, if it's your first time listening in, let me tell you a little bit about myself. I am the uh, longtime morning host over on uh, Sports 56 and 87.7 FM uh, in various shows. So doing one with uh, Dave Lotion now. But been doing that for uh, over a decade. Been covering the Grizzlies now for uh, over a decade as well. Also am a uh, writer and contributor for the uh, Memphis Commercial Appeal, uh, as well as uh, doing all kinds of fun stuff here for this year podcast. So I want to say a big thank you to everybody who has tuned in. Big thanks to uh, our sponsor, our friends over at Grizz Essentials. GrizzEssentials.com slash Grizzlies. That promo code CHANCOON will not last much longer, but that gets you a free month over at Grizz Essentials. Again, grizzessentials.com slash L-O Grizzlies. Go get your Grizz gear. I'll tell you more about them later on in the show. I am, in fact, doing this podcast in a shirt from Grizz Essentials, and it looks and feels fabulous. So let's get started talking about the 0-2 weekend for the Memphis Grizzlies, it started on Friday. What was really the swing game? You know, I don't know that anyone is shocked that the Grizzlies lost Saturday night to the Rockets. That's, you know, while the Grizzlies did win the first two games against the Rockets this year, that third one was one hell of a beatdown, and uh, this one, you know, was was not expected to be a win for the Grizzlies. I there's some conjecture and some discrepancy and differing opinion on this. I I, I happen to not think that they match up especially well with, with Houston. Some people think they do. Uh, I I do not, and so I wasn't really surprised about what happened Saturday. We'll talk about that in a second. But that meant that, that Friday was kind of the swing game. You're playing in Dallas. And, and listen, there's, no, there's nothing wrong with losing to Dallas at this point. You see what happened tonight. Um, as I taped this on, late on Sunday evening, Dallas uh, crushed Oklahoma City. I mean, the Thunder... It was a big-time beatdown. You know, Dallas is playing really, really well right now. They've won like 11 of 14 at home. And, uh, you know, even though you look at the the roster and you say Yogi Ferrell and Seth Curry, and not Steph Curry, Seth Curry, and, uh, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith and all these guys, you know, Mejri, and it's like, you know, it's a bunch of guys that were rejects from other teams or, you know, unheralded young players, things like that. And they're they're playing extremely well, extremely hard, and they add Nerlens Noel to the mix. You know, there's no shame necessarily in losing to that team. You got Dirk, you got the whole thing. What is what is the what is the shame of it though? 
And what was the problem with it was the performance itself, was the way that it went down, was the way that it happened on Friday night, because this was a game that the Grizzlies certainly could have won, but the effort was again inconsistent. The defense was again inconsistent. And I have to point the finger a couple places, but but in particular, uh, you know, Marcus All I thought was just really bad in this game. This was one of his worst games that I can remember, and you know, I don't think he was especially great on Saturday either. But but man, this was, he got completely dominated by Nerlens Noel, completely dominated by Noel, and you look tentative. the The shot looked off. He just didn't look like himself. Part of that, I, I will, I will admit, I think has to do with the Grizzly offense in general, which has looked really good against mediocre and bad teams, but against the better teams and against the teams that have kind of cranked up the effort level against them, they they've struggled. They've struggled to perform. You know, they've put up, as I wrote about over the weekend, you know, record-breaking numbers, but those numbers. While they are good, they're, they're still a little undercurrent. Where uh, you know, some sometimes they get disjointed, sometimes they get distracted, sometimes they they aren't themselves. And this was a, a classic example of a game where that was the case. You know, really a lot this weekend. Big stretches where they don't get the ball where they need to go. They don't they don't get you know Marcus all heavily enough involved on the offensive end, and I think that affects his ability on the defensive end to be quite honest with you um you know Mike Conley sometimes will go without getting those touches I mean they 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 tend to waver a little bit on the offensive side of the ball and then that's that's very costly some of these possessions are, are just are just not good and it's and it's it's feeding over onto the defensive side you know that that's the big issue is that these 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 frustrations are feeding over on the defensive side and I thought you know, the, the thing that was so obvious in the game with Dallas was that Dallas was so much more aggressive. And you know that, that's what's really frustrating when you watch. If you're, if you're watching as a fan, and presumably you are, the one thing you hate to see is your team being outworked and outpushed and, and not showing that kind of aggressive fight and the other guys taking it right to you. That is, that's frustrating to watch. It's difficult to see. Because you know your team is capable of so much more. And the Grizzlies, when they attack in that way, when they deal with teams attacking in that way, it's it's pretty obvious. And you know, you can see it. You can see it very clearly. But they were completely on the back foot throughout most of the game on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, you would see Dallas set those really, really high screens and try to get ahead of steam. They really manipulated the bigs, the Grizzlies threw out there well. In those setups, they used skip passing effectively. They used kickout passing. There were you know plenty of opportunities on the weak side, which is typical for Rick Carlisle, for shooters to reposition and get open, which they did. They really test you on that side-to-side movement. It was not a test the Grizzlies performed especially well in. Then you know Nerlens Noel was just a was just a monster. It was his first start. And uh, Dallas uniform, and he was he was immense. Fifteen point seventeen rebounds, you know, almost had a double double in the first half alone. And then you know this was really about Mike Conley and and Zach Randolph, 
because Mark just wasn't a part of it. A lot of guys didn't show up. But Mark may have been a no-show. Mike was not. And, you know, especially in the second half, you know, he was one of the few guys that was getting it done. He and Zach Randolph. Randolph was just killing Salah Mejri. I mean, and Mejri got one block in on him, but Zach just killed him. I mean, that little step back, you know, he would go inside, use the hook, and, and Dallas didn't really give any help to him at all. And this was, you know, just feeding raw meat to the dogs. I mean, Zach was was killing him. Killing him. And it, it, it worked. It worked for a long time. Zach finishes with 24 and 10. Mike Conley finishes with 30 points, 9 of 15. Between the two of them, they shoot 20 of 29. But the problem, of course, the rest of the team only made 18 shots. Between Mike and Zach, they make 20. The rest of the team combined makes 18. Mark, 6 of 18 to be exact from the field, and he is a team worst minus 10 because of that defensive issue. Nerland's Noel, a team best plus 10 on the other side. Sometimes the math isn't always as clean as that, but that really is a pretty good indication of uh, what happened. Then I want to talk about instant late in the game, too, where David Fisdale gets a tech with under a minute to play in a three-point game. I can't believe this. I, I really, really can't believe this. You know, the, the, that is... I don't care what the call is. You know, I, I don't care how bad or egregious it was. You cannot, as a head coach, take a tech that is a game-deciding type tech. You know, Dallas wins the game 104-100 in the end, but that little sequence where that one technical free throw takes you out of the game and gives a little extra oomph to Dallas... As a coach, man, that's just inexcusable, man. You cannot do that. You know, it's one thing to take your tech in early in the second quarter, and, you know, a point's a point. But in that particular sequence, you have got to keep your mouth shut. You've got to keep your mouth shut. You can't do that. And I know it's frustrating, but the Grizzlies had just taken the lead all the way down to six. Then to four on a Tony Allen layup. 94-90. Then another stop. Dallas went for this entire stretch of time. Five minutes without scoring. Five minutes without a single point. Grizzlies finally kind of locking them down, and frankly, Dallas missing a lot of uh, pretty good looks. But that foul and that that tech with 46 seconds left in the game that gives a point to a team that hadn't scored in five straight minutes. I, I just thought it was ridiculous. Ridiculous play. And Fisdale, you know, that's a rookie coach move because it's all you can say. You know, he's he's done, a, I think, an excellent job for the most part. Um, there are definitely some quibbles that I'm starting to have more and more. But 
I mean, overall, considering the challenges and the team and the situation, all that, I think Fizzle's done a fine job. That though, you you have to to mark that against him. That that you cannot take a technical foul in that situation. Four point game, under a minute to play. You you can't you can't as a coach you just can't do that. You can't do that. Dirk makes the technical and and then that pretty much was the was the end of the game at that point. He really changed it. Um, very disappointing. Very disappointing decision there. Um, and uh, Chandler Parsons played in that, in, the, in that game. Did not play especially well. But then historic news, he played in a back-to-back. He played both games in Texas. At Dallas, at Houston. He played poorly in both, but it, he did play in both games. So there is that. Although, you know, he, after the game talking to Ron Tillery, was pretty candid in his assessment of his performance. I suck right now. It's, there's no sugar coat. Uh, it is what it is. I'm just going to continue to work, continue to grind. And, uh, just kind of go to the gym tomorrow and get better and be ready to go Monday. Tough but fair. I think most Grizzly fans would probably agree. I suck right now. I mean, it's all well and good for Chandler to admit that he doesn't play well. I mean, that, that that's fine. Everyone can see that. That's pretty obvious. I don't know if it's done to, to to engender sympathy or whatever, but it doesn't change the the, the reality of it. And I mean, you know, we we are we're in March. You know, this is this is like you know, you're getting down to it, and the Grizzlies are in a very tight playoff race uh, in terms of seeding and all that stuff. And you know, it's it's kind of go time. Like you got to figure out what you got. And you know, he's he's just not he's just not very good. Right now, he sucks at the moment. That's what he says, and he's not wrong. And that's that can change. That could change, but probably I'm guessing it's not going to change this year. And that that gets me to what what really one of the big conclusions from this weekend is. There's a couple of big conclusions from the weekend, Um, and you know the 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 game against the Rockets was kind of kind of obvious and. The, the pick and roll coverages are are still problematic, and that 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 skipping over the second side pass is 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 clearing out wide open space. The Houston, you know, uh, uh, the ability that they have just to exploit is is crazy uh, with the pick and roll. The fact that they took one one mid range shot in the second half, Houston did, and only five for the game, you know, was was really telling. So. There are, but there are a few things that kind of, at the end of the day, just just conclusions that you have to take from this, and 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 one of them is, you know, very clearly that Chandler Parsons' minutes, this starting business and the way things are going are are, are it's it's just not it's not going to work. I heard Brevin Knight going a, a kind of a a little mini rant of sorts in the middle of the game about the rotation, about the minutes, about. Uh, the you know, where where guys are and the, the need that the Grizzlies have to to create consistent rotations and I, I thought it was spot on could not agree more with Brevin I think Brevin's been terrific and you know he he really is very honest more so than a lot of team broadcasters about what's really going on and you know what the, the points that he 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 uh, was making was you know, they were they were pretty. You know, stuff that we've talked about, honestly, on the podcast, but it's just when you hear it from his position as the analyst uh, 
on the team broadcast, that kind of thing. It, it, it's a different, it a different sort of feel to it. But it's stuff that we've discussed. When Parsons plays, yeah, there's two components to this thing. Number one is that Parsons, just in general, his minutes while he's playing are just not effective. He's not. He's obvious. We've talked about it. He can't play at this point. But number two is that the the domino effect of that, the knock on effect of that, is that the the other players, the other wings that are in that spot, now will play between twenty and twenty five minutes, and they'll play in different roles. They they'll they'll be you know certain guys who will play a little bit more, and they're most of the guys that'll play quite a bit less, and it's allowed for confusion in that group about what the role actually is about when you're actually going to play about what you're actually going to do when you're out there it's created a a lot of negative reinforcement and that's to me that's a real good way to to underachieve you know like if you are for example james ennis why why are james why, why is chandler parsons why does he guarantee basically 20 minutes, 25 minutes, starting spot, playing the first eight minutes or so with the, the starting unit, and then subbing out and then subbing in, you know, closer to halftime with new... You know, why, why are his minutes sacrosanct? Why are Chandler Parsons' minutes untouchable? And everyone else's minutes are not. Everyone else's minutes can move. Everyone else's minutes can change. If you're James Ennis, what have you done to deserve that? Why was James Ennis treated like the break glass in case of emergency guy over the weekend? Why was James Ennis uh, not disregarded so much, I guess, but uh, just largely overlooked in the same way that, that Troy Daniels has been? Why are his minutes so up in the air? And Parsons, who has been by statistical evaluation, by acclamation, whatever, one of the worst Grizzlies this year and one of the worst players in the league, period. His minutes have not moved. Haven't been touched, haven't changed nothing, he hasn't been benched, hasn't been nothing. Nothing. That doesn't make any sense. And just strictly from an evaluation standpoint, and I think you're... I'll, I'll tell you this. You know, I, I think there's a decent possibility that this is not anything that David Fisdale is controlling. I think David Fisdale, to me, is a very logical man. And he's a smart guy. And I don't think smart, logical people play players, injured players, ineffective players, whatever you want to call what Chandler Parsons has been. I don't think that smart, logical guys play those players 20 to 25 minutes in the same way that he's been played this year without any pressure, really, to change his role. I just don't think that happens. So the logical thing to me is that, you know, maybe, I have no evidence of this, but you know, maybe the minutes are being dictated to him and there's just not much that he can control. You know, that would certainly not be the first time that we've seen, you know, Grizz front office folks being very hands-on and uh, very suggestive about how things should go. Um, And, you know, it could be that he's being dictated to. That's entirely possible. 
it, it could be that he is so committed to keeping him with that starting unit that he's overlooking the obvious truth about uh, his lack of health this year. I mean, that could that that could well be. I don't know. I, I just I just don't think. I I think Fisdale is is too smart to be doing this. It's affected other guys. It's affected the team. I think the morale is pretty clear. If if you're watching the the team and and if you're seeing guy who you know just hasn't gotten it done and who has been brutal out there has been absolutely brutal in spite of being one of the highest paid guys in the team and his minutes never move never change meanwhile you know you're doing everything you can possibly do and your minutes do change and your minutes could change your minutes could you know, you're James Ennis you may not play at all you may play less than a minute in a game in spite of being a go-to guy or a you know one of, one of the, a, there was a moment where he was a, a key figure on the team. That was a moment this season where that was the case. Doesn't matter. He's not you know in the rotation. Troy Daniels can have a great three-week stretch, great month, whatever. Can hit big shots, have huge courts. You know can 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 break records, all that stuff. And now again out of the rotation. But Zach Randolph can go to the bench. Change his role. That's fine. You can see, you know, backup point guard experimentation going all over the place. Certain guys' roles much more prominent than others. But they're changing. But they're changing. Meanwhile, Chandler Parsons not doesn't change. If if you're on the team and you're and you're you're seeing this, what does that mean for you? Why why are you being judged differently? And I, you you know I think the answer is is obvious. Of course, everyone knows you know why that would be the case, but it's usually not so clear within the locker room. It's usually not so obvious. And if you don't think that would affect morale or affect motivation, then I think you're 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 wrong on that one. And uh, you know, to me, that's that's always going to be an issue. To me, that's always going to be one of the problems when you know he's he's not playing up to snuff, and he's getting minutes in a role that is outsized based on what he's actually done for the Grizzlies, which is frankly not all that much, very little, if any. Before we talk about one of the other things that happened over the weekend, another uh, big shout out to the folks at Grizz Essentials. Have you gotten your Grizz box yet? Why not? If you haven't gotten it, why not? Go get it. It's so easy. Here, here's how you do it. Okay, here's how you do it. Let me let me tell you. Because I I am I am truly, as I mentioned earlier, I'm literally recording this as we speak in a beautiful shirt. This is a long sleeve ringer shirt with M E M. Uh, kind of stylized cursive on the front. It's a it's a gray two tone gray shirt, and it's like the softest shirt. Yeah, you know, my my wife commented today on how how soft, like, you know, just the fabric is like fantastic, and it it is. It feels great. I, I it's it's been like on me all day. It's, this thing is 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 felt so good. It's a, it like, but they, it's, it's such a great design. I got a box. You know, I got my box last week, and uh, man. It's so full of cool stuff. I had so many people comment on them already. 
so many people comment on the shirts. So many people comment on all of the other gear that they sent, uh, including a, a beautiful mug that sometimes you'll be able to, to see, which is a, a perfect rise and grind mug. A lot of artwork that is uh, fantastic and great design on it, too, that it can be used in, in all different sorts of ways, can adorn your office or your car or you know some party. If you're a Grizzly fan, it is it is perfect. It is perfect. And there's so many of those things that, that are in every box, and it's stuff that you don't see every day. You get a shirt, and sure, you've seen lots of shirts. You haven't seen shirts like this. You haven't seen these stylized, like, VC for three. These Vince Carter shirts that look amazing. You haven't seen uh, the, the the detail work that's done. Sensational stuff. And you know what? I'm going to give you a chance to see it for free. Your first month, I'm going to give you a chance. Right here, right now. Go to grizzessentials.com slash logrizzlies. That's grizzessentials.com slash logrizzlies. You get that first month free if you use the promo code. When you get the chance at checkout, you'll see a box that talks about the promo code. Enter the promo code CHANCOON. That's CHANCOON, C-H-A-N-C-U-N. Enter that at checkout, and you get that first month free. Get it on me. Make sure that you take a look and you know tweet me. Let me know what you think. When you get it, Mark and Courtney and uh, everybody at Grizz Essentials do an amazing job. Just an amazing job putting this together. And you can enjoy it. Look great. Really feel like a Grizz fan and a unique Grizz fan. Not one that just goes down to the store and gets the Grizz stuff that's out there for everybody to get. This is special stuff. High level, beautifully designed, beautiful, great looking stuff. It's from Grizz Essentials and only Grizz Essentials. Only they can partner with the local folks and the great designers that they have. GrizzEssentials.com slash L-O-Grizzlies. That's GrizzEssentials.com slash L-O-Grizzlies. Remember, promo code CHANCOON gets you that first month for free. Promo code CHANCOON at GrizzEssentials.com slash L-O-Grizzlies. One of the other things we learned this weekend is... um, Marcus Gasol really is struggling. He got worked over by Nerlens Noel on Friday and got worked over by Clint Capella uh, on uh, Saturday. You know, both guys finishing with double-doubles. Noel in his first start as a Maverick dominant in the game. And Capella, same thing, as a recipient of a lot of those lobs and passes inside. But Mark continues to be, um, I think, really pretty ineffective and, and off the pace particularly on the defensive side of the ball. Offensively, inconsistency has not helped. Offensively, you know, the inability to get him the ball consistently in the spots that he needs has not helped. And I think that has bled over into his defense, to be quite honest. I think he's been 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 okay on the offensive side of the ball and uh, at times you know, good to very good. I don't think he's been consistently very good at all on, on defense. This year, and I think the numbers bear that out. Uh, and and let me let me give you some of these. And you know, again, you have to always take all everything with a grain of salt. You have to uh, look at everything in context, the context of who you know Marcus is playing against when he's out there, and who his teammates are are playing against when Mark's not out there. You know, the minutes that Mark's out there, Mark's played probably three quarters of the total minutes. 
that were available since uh, you know January first, which is when I went back and looked. So about three quarters of the overall minutes for the Grizzlies, Marks played. About a quarter he has not. But and you know a lot of those the second units that are in there, all that stuff. But yeah, so take take that into consideration, sure. But when when Marcus all for the last two months now, so since the turn of the year. When Marcus All is on court, opponents are shooting forty six point seven percent from the field, and specifically fifty three point one percent from two point. Now they're two point shots; they shoot fifty three percent from twos. When Mark is off the floor, the field goal percentage drops for the opponent from forty six point seven percent to forty two point three percent, and the two point percentage specifically drops from 53.1% to 47.3%. Now, again, there are lots of things that could factor in. Those numbers are not perfect. But when you see the opponent get worse, when Marcus All is off the floor, you would expect, given Mark's prowess, that they would shoot worse with him on the floor with him affecting things but in fact the opposite is true teams shoot better when mark is on the floor and that has been going on for some time now his offensive rating for example you know when marcus all is has been on the floor the grizzlies are 111.5 offense 111.8 defense Minus 0.3 since January 1st. And then when Mark is off the floor, Grizzlies offense is 113.1, defense 104.7, a plus 8.4. Plus 8.4 when he's off the floor. Minus 0.3 when he's on the floor. So they are essentially 8.7 points in total better without Mark. Meanwhile, you can you contrast that with Mike Conley. When he's on the floor, the Grizzlies are a plus 5.5. When he's off the floor, they're a minus 6.4, meaning that total, the Grizzlies are essentially 12 points worse when Mike Conley is off the floor since January 1st. The Grizzlies, meanwhile, are 8.7 points better per 100 possessions when Marcus Saul is off the floor. Now, again, to clarify, there are there's noise in these numbers, and um, you know there there are other explanations for this stuff, but that's still that's two months. That's not uh, a small sample. That's a pretty decent sample for a season, and the effect is real. And I think it's it's pretty safe and it's pretty clear that it's defensive related. The connection isn't there. The trust isn't there. Um, at least not consistently. And, you know, the Grizzlies, if they're going to, to pull upsets, they're going to play at their best against the best in the playoffs, they've got to get that solved. They've got to get their best, most talented player, their all-star They've got to get him back on board defensively or it's not going to matter. 
none of this stuff matters because they're not winning without him playing a heck of a lot better defensively. Just not going to happen. Here's a quick preview of tonight's matchup with the Brooklyn Nets. Win this damn game. Preview pretty much over. The Nets are horrible. You're at home. It's the worst team in the league. You got to win. So win. There's your there's your preview. And there's, I'm not even going to get in. It's look the, the Nets. They've got some decent young players, and they made some trades, and you know, whatever. They're they're not. It, you you have to win this game. Just just simple as that. You have to win this game. Grizzlies are getting some help in the standings. In spite of the 0-2 weekend, you look up and the Thunder have lost three straight. So you, you, you're not falling back yet. You're still solidly in the sixth spot. Uh, you know, you look at the rest of the teams around you, and um, there's starting to be a little bit of a gap between the Grizzlies and the Jazz, three games away from that fourth spot. So that's kind of slipping a little bit. That's problematic. A game and a half between the Grizzlies and the Clippers in fifth, uh, but the Grizzlies have not slid down to seventh. They've remained in sixth, and given the Rockets' position and how they've played against the Grizzlies, Rockets look pretty solid for three. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but that is what it is right now. Nonetheless, the Grizzlies are playing the Nets. The Nets are comfortably, by nine games, the worst team in the league, and they, well, they're one and nine in their last ten. They've lost two straight. They've only won three road games on the entire season. Just win this damn game. Don't screw around. Don't mess around. Beat them down early and often. Get some garbage time so that some of the young guys can play damn near a full quarter. That's the goal. Win the game. Win it easily. Thanks so much for joining me here on Locked on Grizzlies. As always, you can check me out 7 to 10, Wolo and Peter in the morning, Real Sports Talk Sports 56, 877 FM. Check out Numbers Game in the commercial appeal. And you can check us out on Facebook as well. Search for Locked on Grizzlies or uh, go to facebook.com slash Locked on Grizzlies. For those of you, of course, that are big fans of the podcast, let me tell you something. This is a great spot for your company. If you want to reach men, between the ages of 18 and 54, this is the place for your audiences. And here's something to consider. Recent surveys have shown that podcast listeners are 65% more willing to think seriously about purchasing products they learned about from podcasts. 60% given equal price and quality prefer to purchase from companies that advertise on their favorite podcasts. Our rates are very reasonable. Please shoot me an email, Peter at PeterEdmiston.com. Shoot me a, a tweet at Peter Edmiston or a direct message, something like that. We can get uh, all the information out to you. I'd love to have you on the podcast, become part of our family, and reach all those great folks out there that are listening. Thank you so much. You have been Locked on Grizzlies. Locked on Grizzlies, your daily podcast on the Memphis Grizzlies, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. 
at participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 31 17.